You're now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about Of course, you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by the SonicBreakdown.com. Go over there and check out our reviews. Our articles are up now at thesonicbreakdown.com. And today's episode is actually sponsored by Top Harvest Club. So go check them out on Instagram at Top Harvest Club. Let's get right into it. Today's episode is another Rapture discussion. It's part four. And this is part four, and it covers g Easy. And as we stated before, the Rapture is a documentary on Netflix that uh, Nas uh, produced. And uh, each episode covers a different artist, more of a young and up-and-coming up artist uh, that many might not have known um, and a lot of people do know as well. And this particular artist is Bay Area's own, straight from Oakland, g Easy. And uh, for another uh, a guest for this uh, episode, as we've had for all of them so far, is Damon, Mr. Transman from the Vibrations Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Nice to be here again. Again, we're going to stick to the formula that we have been, and uh, that is how familiar are you with g Easy before the documentary? Uh, before the documentary, uh, g Easy. I didn't really know too much about the one song that did, did seem to be playing, at least on mainstream, was the, you know, I Mean It song. So once I heard that, I figured out who it was. And then I also heard another song, but it wasn't by him. It was by Hoodie Allen, Fakin. And at f- when I first heard it, I thought it was g at first because they sort of have a similar tone. Yeah, tone of voice. But then I obviously realized that it wasn't the same person. Other than that, I don't really know too much about him except that he was local, uh, born and raised out of Oakland. And uh, just the meanest song, really. After that, I did really no further research on him. I would say I'm really familiar with Jeezy. I've heard about him for, it's been a minute. I, I'd say when his first album came out, I, I knew about it just because of my friends that I have. Because I wasn't out here at the time. I was in um, Atlanta at the time when his first album came out. And uh, they, you know, they let me know. I'd been following him. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Jeezy fan, but I think he's talented. Um, I always thought he was talented. I just... For me, I do think he represents the Bay very uh, accurately, but for me in particular, there wasn't uh, anything that, uh, I guess, superseded him above, you know, a J. Cole, a Joey Badass, uh, even a Logic to me, uh, of course, a Kendrick. Like, so there was nothing that made me, that really stands out. Like, I go to, I listen to his albums, but I don't go to them often. If I'm shuffling through my playlist and it hits a G-Eazy song, I'll be like, oh, I haven't listened to this album in a, mount, in a minute. I'll check it out and I'll listen to it again. But it's nothing that I go, oh, I have to go back to the g Right, album. you won't actively like yeah, go and look for it. Exactly. I gotcha. What I did think are, again, um, going back to the things that I say about all of the Rapture discussion so far is I find a, a running theme. And the, the theme that I found in this one to me was therapy and balance. The And, and what I mean by that is the, the therapy of music and how it has an effect on him and and the people surrounding him. And the balance that you have to have to 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 not let that therapy get overwhelming in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just is there any particular theme or idea that you took from the overall theme of this particular episode? I really uh, I really thought of when you said therapy, it reminded me of the logic one. Because both of them said it's like they're therapeutic. It seems to be for Jeezy probably a little bit more because I noticed Logic's a little bit more of an out there, more of expressive versus Jeezy. He's more of the laid back, humble, more like a Dave East type of like presence. 
But the overall theme that I, I do pick up on is definitely therapeutic. What was the other thing you said? And balance. Just the, the, having the balance of it. and The balance of the therapy with... Just the balance, the balance of fame and and music because what the what the therapy brings this is the way i saw it is the therapy is the music as he said as he stated and what does that music bring it bring it brought him fame fortune which are you know can be positives but as he was also stating that it also takes something away from you like it took away his privacy it took away his personal space in some in some regards and you know the lack of energy and wanting to give everything you have but at what point do you are you sacrificing what you have for yourself? Like that that's the balance that I'm talking about of that therapy because it's giving you something of of the release of the emotions that he has, but it's also taking because right, like there's, you said, a, there's a trade off. There, there, yeah, there's a trade off and finding that balance so that one doesn't overcome the other. And mm. that's what I felt that him and and Logic spoke about it as well to a certain degree. And I think that's that's well, I think balance is a running theme in life. Because Nas and Essence talks about it as well. If you talk about the balance between wanting to give for your friends and give back to your community, but also having you know having enough for yourself. But I think in this particular, the therapy of of it was I thought it just it stuck out more than um in in a different regard than it did with Logic. And I also feel like this one had a different energy. This episode had a different energy to it as a result of the Bay Area, and I I, th- I think that was uh, one of the the reasons for that different energy. That I didn't feel in the Nas and Davies one, or the Ti one, or the Logic one. What do you mean by by energy? Is it the fact that like like uh, where he's from, and I guess it's like are you a little bit more biased because like where he's from here, or like? No, not because well, I lived. I'm not. I'm not from the Bay. I've lived in the Bay long enough that I claim it as my home. But I've moved around a lot. I've lived in the East Coast, South, Midwest. So I can like to me, I see different vibes. Like in the South, there is a it's um. It's a more relaxed vibe than it is in New York, which has a more frantic, a more high energy feel or, or high energy feel, even though you have cats like Dave East where they're laid back. But it's a, it's a different like attention um, that you feel um, versus that you're doing. And I just felt in this video or in this episode, you get that that laid back California, but still confident vibe. And that's the energy I'm talking about. That's the energy that I didn't feel in the other ones. And it's not saying that any other ones were better or this one's better. It's just different. And that's, that's just the vibe that I got. And I think that I, I believe that's a result of the Bay area of the the location of which he was from and where you kind of get your essence from. Oh, hell yeah. Over here too. It's a lot of diversity here. A lot of different personalities, Mm -hmm. a lot of different skills, unique talents. Yeah. Everybody's come from, Everybody's got a, like a different vibe to them too. I mean, there could be uh, like, for example, maybe the more hyphy movement guys like Mr. Fab or uh, uh, so or uh, Keek the Sneak or Mac Dre. The hyphy movement guys, are, you notice they're like a different versus like Jeezy, even though they're from the same uh, demographic, same area. I mean, yeah, I still feel it's it's still. I think what I'm talking about is more transcendent than subgenres because that's what I kind of feel like. The hyphy movement versus the kind of rocker more um, vibe that you kind of get from certain Jeezy songs versus more uh, well, my, my uh, vibes that you get from Too Short because that's a lot different than you get from Keep the Sneak and stuff. But you all, you still feel, I still feel, anyways, a a continuous or a cohesive. 
Bay Area vibe that you don't get from that. That's where my uh, point was. That it was just the just the general feel, just the look of they come from the same place. That that's all I was saying. Okay. One of the other things that I did, I I that I noticed as well is um, just how humble he was, but still how confident he was as well in his abilities and in his crafts. But he's still hungry and humble and and wants more and. The thing that made me notice how humble he was was the fact that others were saying how humble he was. Not necessarily him saying it himself. The fact that E-40 is saying that's the, one of the first things that he noticed. And E-40 being a legend in the Bay Area, especially for musicians and artists and rappers, like for him to even notice the humbleness in GZ, who was who is a rising star in the game, just it spoke to me and it, it really resonated to just his humbleness. Um, do you remember that part where um, E-40 was being interviewed and E-40 said that G-Z basically carved his own path? Mm-hmm. Like he's not even in, he's not even like a comparable to the other hip-hop artists out there or who's in the game right now. He created his own lane. I And and yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree with E-40. Now to be, I guess, somewhat cynical or uh, yeah, cynical in this matter is what I would say is a part of me says he had to. He had no other choice because of him being a white rapper, especially if you look at other artists like who are dope, like Asher Roth, who's a really good MC, who's very lyrical, and you don't hear from him now. I've honestly never heard of him at all. I'm more of the old school type. That's well, probably why I don't really hear a lot of his new guys. Well, Asher Roth's not new. He's He was out, what I was saying, 2000. Eight, nine, ten, maybe ish. What I mean is like but, uh, that's what I mean by old school for me. But that, well, because G Easy didn't really start, like he said, until like what 2010. And so, like, my point was that if put it this way, if I was if I was G Easy or if I was a, a artist that was coming up in the game and I was a white I was a white white man trying to be in hip-hop game and trying to be a lyricist or true like you really love the craft you love hip-hop you love you love the movement and you're trying to figure out a way to to make it in there you can't be eminem because unless you're eminem you can't be eminem you have (laughs) that's that's a different level of talent like that's trying to like that's trying to be like michael jordan that's trying to be jay-z no you're not going to be them you're you're not going to be Nas. like well that's why you can never be a duplicate so you gotta be original not even that but I'm not even talking about being that same person, but being a lyricist to that degree. You can try, but there's very few that's gonna uh, is gonna I, occur to. So my point is like if you're trying to be in that lane, you're not gonna get accepted unless you are that. And if you're not that, your other option is to ha- you have to carve your own lane. That's exactly what Macklemore did. That's was exactly what uh Mac Miller did. You have to carve your own lane where you create your own following, where people understand your vibe, your your energy that can relate and understand that it's authentic, where you're not being a copycat of somebody else. And that's where, so I, I, I say I give him credit for that, but at the same time, I feel like it's a have to. It's either that or you don't make it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to give him tons of credit for that, put it that way. Okay, understandable. But I don't take away from the fact that he's dedicated to his craft and that he is. I don't think he's um, that he's faking his way to get there. That he's just trying to ride the wave of hip hop. I really think he really is into this hip hop thing. He's really into rap. He's really focused on the words, and he really wants to make great work. And so, therefore, I can respect it. 
Mm. Um, and I do think, I think his albums, I think, like I said before, I think he made good music. I, nothing for me that I've heard is great, but it's good. And I enjoy it. I definitely do think the last album that he had, I, I definitely do believe that was his best work. I, I really felt that he was really um, lyrically and uh, introspectively. What was uh, his best work? The most recent one? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it was also his most commercial uh, successful release. So what did you think about his confidence? Confidence in terms of just how he approaches everything? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I didn't really pay attention to it. But <laughs> now that you brought that up, I just like how he just, he'll just shake anything off that seems to come his way, whether it be particularly negative. If it comes his way, he just shoves it off and just continues to grind. He just goes at it. He's a hustler to the T. He just keeps going and going. He's like the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps going and going. So I really admire that because um, from somebody who, like myself, who never really had confidence growing up, now that I do, um, so I now know like what what um, he's doing. He's trying to really build himself, build his brand. As a matter of fact, that kind of ties in with what I'm doing with my own podcast going on. So I really respect that he is about his shit, about his craft to get to where he wants to be the the greatest or whatever his destination is and his end destination is, is going to be and that's the thing that's a something that i did pick up on as well is and it was similar to um i related to similar to what um i said in a, the logic video is uh about seeing the vision before it happens of him saying like i saw us getting here like i saw us getting here but it's there was a lot of times when there were doubt and, you know, times when, but I, like you said, I just went through it and basically just kept on working, just kept on going harder. Uh, talking about when he went to, and he had those meetings with all the executives in New York and they all turned him down. Yeah, I was going to actually bring that up too. I um, just had to look for it. It's just like, just the, the persistence and the, and that's what I mean by confidence and not cockiness is he had the confidence to believe in his, his talent and his, his uh, work ethic that he's going to work harder than everybody else. And that's another thing that I gravitate to. And I tell it to people all the time is, like I say about the interview I heard about Pub Daddy, about how he only sleeps four hours of sleep, gets four hours of sleep. And I was like, and he's rich and he's only doing that. So what do we, who are not at his level, have an excuse of saying we're too tired? Like, no, get up and go do it. And that's kind of my motto. And the same thing that G-Eazy said was like, you know, when I get tired, I know somebody else, if I go to sleep, somebody else is going to be staying up working and, and they're going to get to where I want to get. And so I don't. <laughs> I, basically, I just keep on working. And uh, I just thought that was very um, inspirational and uh, motivating. That is some real deep um, ambition to, to fight through. Fight through or at least fight through all the obstacles um, when you're tired to have that mindset because it's, it's almost like obsessive because you're trying to get to there and then you're sitting there generating a thought like someone out there, potentially it's true because they say there's always someone better lurking in the shadows that you got to reach deep within and pull that son of a bitch out. Um, I did see that. I remember that scene, too. He basically persevered. Another thing I do want to mention, too, was um, how do you think his uh, relationships were with his uh, his crew and his his personnel and people? I wanted to see your your thoughts on that. I mean, I thought it was fine. I, that is something I did notice as well is they didn't, in comparison to the other videos or the other uh, episodes, it wasn't as highlighted. It was more strictly focused on him. 
if it, like just I'm just thinking about the scenes. Uh, there was very there was a lot more solo scenes than there were in comparison to the other episodes. That's something that I didn't notice on. But other than that, I really didn't. He seemed real with his team. He seemed, but he's from my perspective, from outsider looking in, he seems kind of like an introvert outside of being on the stage. He just kind of he's sociable. He he talks to people, but with logic, he's literally joking, playing like you know a lot of physical contact. That I didn't notice that as much with Geezy, and maybe I just missed it. What about you? No, no, I I agree with you. Uh, now looking back on that, he does seem a little bit more of um the quiet type of demeanor. Mm-hmm. The peaceful, phlegmatic, you know, go with the flow, just chill, just mellow it out. He doesn't really let any emotion get to him, whether it be good or negative. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty mellowed out. So, yeah, I definitely, I, now that you bring that up, I do, meant, I do see that now. That is an interesting point, though. And I feel like I can relate to it more now that I put it in that perspective. It just, like, like you personally relate to this one? Yeah. Not, not on... Just on the on the basis of wanting something so bad and wanting to give your all at something so bad that it's that that it could get it is to the point of obsession and that others might not get that obsession and others might that you can be kind of that lone wolf at times. But just as I felt with him, is he felt like he's at peace with it though. And for me, I'm at peace kind of in that. Again, I'm not saying I'm on his level or anything of that nature, but just in that same vein of wanting to be great at something and wanting to do something so bad that that's all you can focus on and and being okay with that. I see what you mean. That lone wolf um, comment that you just made, um, in a lot of ways I'm like that myself. Usually when it comes to got to do what I got to do or just... Whatever it is, I'm usually like a lone wolf. I kind of like that metaphor because I feel like that. I'm an alpha personality, but I'm more like a lone wolf. I don't travel with the pack. I go with my own my own way. You know, as uh, the the 3-6 Mafia song with uh, Good Charlie, you know, I'm doing it my own way. <laughs> I want to take it back to about the balance. And I thought uh, some of the scenes that were that were interesting was... The scenes with him meeting the fans and just the the length of of people that you know he's getting introduced to and the levels of personal space that people feel at liberty to take on you, which they wouldn't on a stranger, and right. that's what you are is a stranger, right? Because that status, yeah, just because you listen to somebody's music, that doesn't mean you know them. That doesn't mean you have you know the liberties to hug them as if they're your friend or you know, but you know that's. It's just interesting how music makes you feel that so personal connection to somebody that you feel like you almost like know them like through the song. Yeah, without even thinking, because I don't think they're maliciously going up like, oh, he's a stranger. I'm going to hug him anyways and he's going to feel awkward. No, it's like, I feel like I know him. So he must feel the same way. (laughs) He he must he must feel like he knows me, too. So it's cool. I can hug him. He can hug me. I'm his fan. But take that out of any and put that in any other context. And you would never, it would never cross your mind to go up to somebody and just do that. Right. I just find that that dynamic so interesting that that's what music takes us to. And and that the that's what, like he said, music is that universal language. It's like it transcends even even rational thought. 
Because rationally, if you thought about it, you would never, like I said, you would never go up to a stranger right, and just hug make them sense. and kiss them and say, you know, you, you'd be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't know this person. <laughs> You're just like, oh, give me a moment. i sure into that sort of thing. Yeah, well, yeah. But, uh, it wouldn't be, I'll put it this way, it wouldn't be the norm. <laughs> and so that's, that was just an interesting idea. Is there anything that you picked up that was um, small, uh, quirky scenes like that that meant a little bit more than it, it might have initially came off? Not really, but that one in particular that you brought up uh, when he was uh, autographing and taking photos with the fans, he looked like he was like, oh, God, I got to do this again. Oh, another one. Oh, another one. You know, he he said it was it was okay for a while, but then he's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he, he even said it in the in the episode. He goes, fuck. Like, yeah, like no, no personal space a lot, you know, and that's, that was one of the trade-offs that's, that comes with it, man. Yeah, you get to travel the world, but you lose your personal space. Yeah, and uh, that's like crazy. Like, said, you know, that you, like, just think about that dynamic, like you get to travel the world, so if you do, if you weren't in a position to do this, your world might be very small, like you might only be able to travel in the states, or the city you live in, or the state you live in. But mm-hmm. this music allows you to see the world, which gives you a different worldview than you would ever be able to obtain. But yet, your personal space is so restricted. And I think as you <laughs> like, climb up the status rank or the status ladder, it gets the it gets smaller and smaller yeah. because you're more well known. And now everyone's like, "Oh my god, I can't literally like to even take a piss without someone like, can I get a photograph?" But you have the financial means to go anywhere in the world you want to. Right. Right. Exactly. I, I thought it was a great lesson that there is a trade-off for, for fame. And I like how he also mentioned that um, it's not like a flick of the switch. You can't turn it off. Yeah. And and you're right. He can't turn it off. He can't just go to the store and be like, nobody's going to recognize me. No, You're past that point now. <laughs> you're past that point. And, but at the end of the day, he's still grateful for it, though. He's still grateful for the experiences he has. And and that's why I kept on. That's why I balance again. I keep on bringing it up because it felt like every for every few scenes or sections that they had of the positives, they had those sections to show the lows. It was the highs and the lows. The lows of trying to make it and being shut down to the highs of him making it and going to Lollapalooza. The lows of the situation with his mother, which I definitely want to touch on. Um, actually, oh let's, man. Let's, that little that little scene where he showed her the song? Yeah, let's, yeah. let's go actually to that because that, that reminded me of the song by Jay-Z, Smile, where he talks about his mother being a lesbian and hiding it her whole life and just... And then he had an interview later where he talked about she... He knew for a long time, but they never actually had the conversation to, I think, a month before he wrote the song. Like, oh, shit, wow. So, and him to like be happy to see... And that's why it's called Smile, like that she can actually finally smile because that's... That's the conversation that they had was, you know, her saying that she loved this woman. Or I think, and he was like, she even held it back a little bit by saying, I think I love this woman. Instead of just saying, you know, I love this woman or I am in love with her. Right, to kind of like soften just, the yeah, blow a yeah, bit. Yeah, she, instead of just going all in, she was like, uh, you know, lined it up, that idea. And then G-Eazy feeling the same kind of, that same kind of story in essence. But the difference is that I also found that interesting is, and Jay-Z's dynamic is he knew a long time, but he never told his mom and he never had like an issue with it. He just didn't talk about it. Like they just, he's like, well, if she ain't going to talk about it, I ain't going to talk about it. Right. So we, we know it's her business. It. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so we just ain't going to talk about it. But where uh, in g Easy's situation, it was more hostile and more, um, I won't say hostile, but more um, 
defensive and, and upsetting for him because he's like that they had a riff in, in essence because of it. That a what? They had a riff, like oh, a riff right, in the right. relationship. Um, what did you? What was your? What is your idea and, and feelings about that particular? In terms of him um, finding out, um, I didn't think much of it. What I did think a lot of was he's like, here, I want to show you a song. I want to show you something real quick. And he goes and shows her the song. And I'm assuming this is kind of how I'm thinking the scenario is playing out. He showed her the song. They're just chilling there, right? And all of a sudden, they start getting emotional and they hugged. I mean, that's what he explained from the, mm. from the documentary. So just hearing that, I'm like envisioning, like if I was in his shoes, and I'd be like, my mom, and I found out that she was a lesbian. And it's like, my mom and I aren't, don't really have like a very strong mother and son relationship as well. So like I'm imagining myself in those shoes and I imagine I'd probably be doing the same thing. I definitely think it's like a very humane thing of him to spill that out in front of everybody and letting him let people know how he felt about that. I would say, I mean, I, I do say it's courageous of him. I don't know if I would say it's humane, but uh, I, I think that, I think that song was a a I think every artist has a point where you get to the point of being comfortable enough on skin to tell the stories that you want to tell and tell it in the way you want to tell it. And sometimes it's not about maturity or anything like that. It's about getting to a place. And there's several ways to get to that place. And I think that was the place for you, Jeezy, where that's gonna elevate his art. And, and allow him to take it to places that I don't think he would have been able to if he didn't break that barrier or release that those feelings. Um, that, that could have been... Imagine if he didn't. Would he be in the same area where he was before? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Let's put, let's, let's put it this way. I mean, remember from the episode one with Logic, um, you mentioned that if he wasn't authentic, would he be where he's at? Would he be as big as he is now? Mm. And, you know, you said no, and you said your reasons for that. So, question here is, what do you think of if Jeezy uh, didn't do that? That. Or do you think he'll? That I think you. I think he still would have obtained. The level where he's at now. I think he still would have attained the level that he was at, at that he's at now. But I think it would have took a lot longer to reach it, just because I think for him, especially at this point, I think people do gravitate to his lyrics, and but it's more of. And and it's gonna sound negative and it's not like I'm taking away from his art, but I think it's more about his energy that people gravitate to. Because again, think about when we watched the logic. They showed videos of the fans rapping every word to his songs. Like knowing like in the crowd, just knowing it verbatim in different places. Not just in one city, not just where he's from. Right, like, yeah, all over. Anywhere. So that like probably they're resonating to to the words too. I'm not saying that Jeezy people don't resonate to it, but I don't think it's to that level yet. But I think by having that breakthrough that he did with that song will allow him to get there. I see what so, you mean, yeah. if he didn't have that breakthrough, I don't think he would get to that level, but I think he would get to the level where he is now. Okay, yeah, definitely makes sense. I, I agree with that because I think there needs to be some sort of a, um, a I guess, an obstacle that you knock over or a block that you knock over, and then all of a sudden that propels you to a higher status quo mm-hmm. with with whatever it is that you're doing. It's an experience you needed to allow you to grow. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I feel you on that. The last thing that I do want to touch on uh, before we get out of here is uh, the power of the voice. I thought was important that his voice had the power to change his life surroundings. 
but he still also has that fear of writing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing. Because he he said that when he was on that helicopter ride over, uh, was it Brazil or Colombia? Um, it was Brazil because that's where the the Lollapalooza was. Yeah, it was one. Of, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think you're right. It was Brazil over when he was riding over that, and he was saying like basically he was kind of reminiscing, similar to the logic scene, but he was like. You know, I never thought I would make it to this point. And he's like, all based off of what I was writing in my notebook in class, like I just devoted to this craft and I want to work harder and harder in it. And that's all I was focused on. But yet I'm still worried about And he's like, it's a fair. He knows the power that it has. And that's what he was trying to obtain. But now that he has that power, it's the fear of saying the wrong thing. Right. He's got to be. And like, yeah. that's what I mean that by that balance again is, I. that's what keeps you in check. And that's what, that's what we need. That's fear is important. Fear, fear is fear is a very important thing in life, but you have to keep it in check. You have to know how to use fear to your advantage. And I think he he has the right approach to it because his fear of saying the wrong things is making sure that he's paying attention to every word he's saying. Yeah, I do. I do see. And your, that's important yeah. for hip hop. That's important for lyricism. I I totally see your perspective. I think adding. I agree, and adding on to that. You are a little bit more choosy with what you say because sometimes that could bite you in the ass. Unfortunately, as we know, who, as we know from pre from history, uh, shows us that if you say the wrong thing, with especially if you have a um, significant following, mm-hmm. it, you could have repercussions. So, I'm not saying Jeezy's on that level or he's about to go over the go over the hill with with conspiracies or anything like that but it's just the fact that he does watch what he say like you like you mentioned and i do think it's i do think there there is like a a boundary to where you can go but don't cross too much because it could again bite you in the ass having that balance if you listen to the uh j cole review that we have up you'll know this kind of ties into it that's kind of what j cole was talking about in essence of not saying to censor or to to not say what you want to say when it comes to writing lyrics, but it's more about just having a thoughtful approach to it, making sure that you're saying what you want to say and that you mean what you're saying. So would you say like the intentions are good w- yeah. with with how you want it delivered? Not necessarily that the intentions are good because that's somewhat censored. If you that's that's up to the delivery. But I think that even if your intentions are bad the words you use to express those intentions should be thoughtful and that they should, as accurately as you can, convey your point to the person you're trying to convey it to. The problem that I feel like we have, that we're having in hip-hop especially, is people just saying things just to say things. You should have some, there should be something, some substance behind what you're saying. Let it be up to the listener to decide those intents, if they're good or bad. That's to me. That's up to the listener and to to decipher what they think the intent is. But it's to me, it's more. It's not more about. I mean, it is about what you say. But like I said, it's about the thoughtfulness you put behind it. If you're just putting out words just to put out words, then what makes you? What makes? Why should we listen to what you have to say? Mm-hmm. That's just my feelings. If you're not putting thought behind it, why should we listen to what you have to say? Because why waste my time on something that's thoughtless? Right. Nothing. Just but just babble. Yeah. And just words with no meaning behind it. That's what I feel is um, what G-Eazy was, was referring to when he's talking about the fear of what to say, uh, of, of saying the wrong thing. It's just making sure that he's saying that his words are thoughtful. 
that's what that's what I think that's what he was trying to approach. And I think other artists like Cole is J. Cole is is talking about similar aspects on his uh um uh, KOD album, which you should check that review out, which is on the Stable Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh what I'll say is we'll end it by saying uh what about this documentary changed your perspective about G Easy? I'm not trying to make it sound like it's nothing, but just another humble hip hop artist out there that I just got shown to um, or exposed to. So now I definitely want to like um, do more research on his music, his background a bit more, see if I resonate with him, and then if I really do, then I'll start you know downloading his music or whatnot. That's it, really. For me, I would say uh, stood out for me is like I said is the balance that he's trying to acquire, as well as how in tuned he is with the therapeutic aspect of music's effect on him as well as others. Um, I think that was interesting that I didn't know before. Uh, I, I did feel a growth in, in knowledge of who he is as a person. Um, and I am interested to see what he does moving forward. And I do want to see how he explores, continues to explore music and the genre of it and, and continue to be in his own lane because um, I find him akin to Wiz Khalifa, uh, how Wiz Khalifa cre- created his his own lane and has he he has his own following that he doesn't he doesn't rely on anybody else or anything else. Like he he can go to a venue and sell it out right now, just based off of who, him as that person. I think that's kind of the lane that GEZ is creating, but not in Wiz Khalifa's lane, in his own lane, in his own right, in his own uh, vibe and energy. And I just want to see how that continues to grow because it was interesting to see the growth and maturation process of Wiz Khalifa and how he attained this level. And I think I can see g like I said, going in the same similar route, but again, in a different vein. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested to see that growth as well as, um, and musically. Yeah, interesting to see what other project he's got coming in the works. Yeah. So what I'll say is you should go definitely check out Rapture. It's uh, This was part or episode four, and this is the Rapture Discussion part four. So definitely go check that out on Netflix. We will have uh, some more episodes. Uh, we have five, six, seven, and eight, as well as our wrap-up episode. Um, so definitely check those out. Um, and as you know, we always say, first I want to say uh, thank you to Damon for coming in and doing another podcast with us, Mr. Transman, and go check out the Vibrations podcast now on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as YouTube. And like I said before, just click on the link down below and uh, that will take you to it. So thank you again, man. Sweet. Thanks, D-Ray, for having me. Uh, Spread the sugar, you guys. Go check us out again on all the platforms that D-Ray just mentioned and um, learn some knowledge. And as uh, our, you know, our motto, as I always say, Live, listen to some great music, and for this particular one, watch some great shows, and love more. Now we're out.